If you're a business owner or senior manager, you probably had more than enough about all the wonderful opportunities awaiting you in the era of digitalization. Whether it is big data, cloud, data science, or whatever buzzword is currently trendy. If you would like to hear someone dissecting these claims and showing you what it actually takes to improve business processes, you're in the right place. This is Between Data and Risk, where we discuss real-life examples of what works and what doesn't in the world of business operations. Hello, I'm Artur Guya, Cognition Shared Solutions Chief Risk and Strategy Officer, and with me is my co-host, your friendly neighborhood data guy, Dr. Marian Siwiak. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the sixth episode of Between Data and Risk, and uh, today I wanted to talk about transverse risk management. Uh, transverse risk management. Yeah. Does, uh, so let's, let's, does it, let's does it concern Trump? Are, are we going into political correctness area today? No, we are, uh, you know, anyone who has a better command of English, my co-host, would know that uh, transverse means actually going across different, uh, different areas. So uh, an example of transverse risk or, or risk that's usually Reputational. So you have you have very specific risk. Uh, if you if you uh, consider your example company, you know, you've got financial risks. You've got uh, your uh, health and safety. You've got your uh, you know, specific risk. Yes. Uh, is it like in financial institutions where you have siloed risks, where you have regulation which is containing? trade risk in one bucket and it's like, you know, vertical and it has completely different risk team, completely different risk regulation and risk mitigants. And you have, I don't know, exchange risk or whatever else. Yeah, and, and, and here I was trying to, to take it out of financial uh, services because, you know, I, I don't want to be seen as the finance guy and, and, and you're just dragging it back into financial services. Okay, fine. You've got the siloed, siloed risk management teams. Uh, and then you've got risks which are actually spanning across the different domains. Uh, and, you know, risks that uh, are usually considered as, as transverse risk are reputational risk uh, or, or climate risk. Or, you know, in general, climate risk is just a subset of uh, ESG, the environmental, social and, and governance. Uh, the ESG being kind of a, a great acronym that, that, that's currently uh, taking the... the the whole domain Headlines. by by a storm, but really, why is, is gover why is governance risk, uh, risk together with uh, environmental and and social? Is it like political it's, risk? It's it's a great question. Uh, if anyone knows the answer, by the way, uh, let us know uh, on contact at uh, cognition.llc or podcast at uh, uh, cognition.llc. You know why is governance bundled with it? Uh, because but, uh, how, ESG. How, 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 how understood is the governance in this term? Actually, let's let's let's, let's got, stop here. You've got you've got environmental, which is uh, you know everything connected with with climate change, with pollution, or at least should be. You've got social, so anything uh, that's connected with social change, the impact on communities, uh, and 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 governance is really kind of. Both, uh, you know, internal, so how you actually manage your company, 
and and in a wider sense uh, the, the 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 kind of uh, political risk impact of uh, on 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 again partly impact on communities it's it's very distinct like regu- what, what, regulatory re- regulatory environment regular regulatory no, regu- like regulatory really goes goes outside of ESG G, G here uh, is is meant more in the the the, the kind of uh in you know enterprise governance uh, and how it impacts how your your governance impacts the the, the world because it's all about you know the, the the whole the whole concept the big concept between ESG is the impact that your company has on the world uh, so uh, how you know there 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 are some uh, some voices out there uh, uh, some articles uh, about how reputational risk and ESG are not really risks. Uh, because they, uh, the argument goes in the, in those articles that they cannot be quantified properly. They cannot be managed properly. Uh, I, I have to say, I don't really agree with, with those. In, I, uh, I, I, I recall a company, uh, actually I can, I can send the, say the name because I'm going to say really good things about them where reputational risk was managed in such a way that everybody was informed. Uh, to imagine, if you are making a decision, it was very. I, I I like it because it's a risk which is very deeply connected to decisions. It's like if you make a decision, and if you would see this decision being described in the press, do you think you know would it be a good press for for the company or a bad press? And 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 they they have a motto: do the right thing always. And uh, which is which is very much connected with always connects like every decision that you make. Think about the impact it might have, and in my opinion, it's the example of managing the reputational risk. Like if every employee, every employee is being told, "Think you make an, any decision, and you see it in the press, what in what light it it puts us." It's it's it, what what you say is very interesting. Uh, although in in that particular article, there was actually that that was considered and it was waved away as oh, it's just training, which is what companies should do anyway. You know, it's it's as just if, risk, which companies yes. should do anyway. But let's let's look at it a bit a bit more specifically. Reputational risk, because this is this is something that uh, you know indeed reputational risk it it can be considered in every single action and decision within every company, right? I could make the same argument of operational risk. What is operational risk? Is the risk that your operation will go wrong. Where can it go wrong? Absolutely everywhere, right? Can you, let, let's look at the, 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 the second uh, kind of uh, argument. Can you measure rep, the reputational it's, it's It's tough. It's tough because... Uh, you you may not always know. Oh God, it's uncertain. Maybe that's why it's risk. Uh, uh, you're not always sure what impacts, reputational impacts, your decisions might have. Right? Can you can you specialize in reputational? Uh, well, there you could probably if you wanted to be a naysayer, you can say, oh, you just you just you know, for every for every single decision for every single action you. Just mention what can go wrong, but that's you know that's pretty much what what all risk managers are almost contracted to consider what can go wrong. 
But I, I know some, some, some really good reputational risk managers. And, and, and what they do, what they specialize in, is uh, actually considering not, not so much what can go wrong, but uh, in general terms, but actually thinking about very specific terms uh, about, for example, clients. If your company, and not only a financial company, tech company, electronics company, if your company has clients in sector, which may be considered uh, not exactly, um, you know, acceptable uh, socially. That is a reputational risk. Uh, I remember a, a, a great, uh, a great story once that, uh, uh, even though it's, it's connected with with, with with financial markets, the the the, the kind of the crux of it is, is non-financial. Uh, I was I was working I was t- talking to a Dutch uh, uh, pension, fund, and they were the, uh, you know they were considering which uh, which investments, mm-hmm. and they said uh, okay we we don't want any any uh, kind of any companies in it w- in in our investments which make cluster bombs we don't want any companies which make um, uh, weapons of mass destruction. But we are fine with this company, which makes, and I don't remember the name of the company, but they said, we're fine with this company, which makes uh, handguns, because they make handguns for the Dutch police. And uh, I, I think they were managing their reputational risk in their own way. Uh, in a, in a very specific, you know, they they knew their 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 their, their society. They knew their clients. They knew uh, the press, and they said, you know, we want very specific things. Uh, so th- this is this is actually reputational risk management. Sounds sounds uh, sounds about right. So uh, I have a question from 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 the point of view of of the CEO of the company. Let's say you. When you approach, or of you, you're already in a position where your reputation is is your, you know, really strong asset. You you have a brand. Uh, other than hiring a risk manager, uh, like how would you, if you, being a chief risk officer for HSBC uh, for so long, if you if you would go to another company and you would be, you know, given the freedom. You know, choose how your company operates, also in risk area. Other than hiring a risk manager, how would you approach it from the perspective <sighs> of, the, of the reputational risk? As 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 with any risk, uh, the 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 key I think is uh, first to identify where it actually lies, because uh, it's it's one thing to say that you know. Any action can impact your reputation. It's completely another thing to actually review your process and say, uh, here we have uh, very low reputational risk impact uh, potential. You know, if 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 a, if a car company uh, suddenly decides uh, on on using a slightly different shade of blue in their cars, uh, it it may have some potential impact, but you know, will they be really? You know, will 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 the press uh, come down on them like a ton if, of bricks? If it's if it if it would be a shade which is actually you know registered by another car manufacturer, and they would start to be perceived as copycats, I guess it could. Oh, 
you know that then then you caught me with with my lack of knowledge about the automotive industry because I didn't so there know are colors that there, are... there are colors and shades of colors which are legally protected and there are some colors that cannot be used on any car like only only specific manufacturers can use them okay then then you caught me but uh, you know assuming that they knew their 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 field much better than, than some guy on a podcast then they probably could choose a color which was not legally protected but uh, you know but the from, reputational from the risk is view, there see so what you what you just did is you demonstrated my point there is certain knowledge that is required and you know you could argue that in this case uh, because I, i'm kind of thinking about the, the arguments in, in that particular article, you could argue that this is the domain of legal, right? that a lawyer should know that there are certain colors that are protected. So they are they, they're protecting the company and it's really legal that they are uh, managing here and not reputational. That's, it's, it's an argument you could take. But I'm, I'm thinking here about, so, if if you if you cut out this legal risk and just think about okay we, you have the marketing department they're thinking about two col two shades of blue lawyers have signed off none of them are protected uh, is there is there really reputational risk between two shades of completely unprotected blue if I can, probably if I can low play... I know you, I know you're you're trying to come up with yes I do of course uh, if we would take different shades of brown I guess at least some of them would lead to some sort of reputational risk some of the why 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 uh, why does uh, I think it's Mitsubishi but Pajero uh, does not bear that name in in, in the Spain and it's pronounced Pajero uh, and uh, you know as, as any Spanish-speaking person would uh, yes, and uh, it is it is a, a, a risk that they had with the name, but uh, this this was actually going to be my counterexample. You're again demonstrating my point. If you only let me finish my point, that uh, selecting a name is probably a bigger risk because you have to consider what it means in different languages. And uh, absolutely, it, it was uh, I, uh, in, in in one one of uh, science fiction stories. I. I, I which one there was actually a, a whole concept of a company which researched the uh, the, the pot potential names for companies just to check if it if it meant something in any language or or you know had any connotations that could uh, have an impact so there the, that process of thinking is the process of managing that risk um, that's why can, what I'm trying to say is that you can manage this risk like yes, if you know what can what can what can damage your reputation and purely a reputation like you know if if you have a name which sounds a bit offensive in any language what you are losing is your reputation as a as a reputation as a reputable car, car producer you start producing cars which are considered let's say not serious it's it's a pure reputational risk and it's manageable uh, and again, you could you could dismiss it as that's really not problem of reputationalist. That's a problem of marketing. You know, it's it's this this kind of labeling that 
I would. It, I, I, it is a problem of marketing, but uh, and in it, I'm sure that the, the marketing department should consider that. But it is an example of reputation risk in terms but, of managing. But the reputation is a function of marketing. Marketing is building the brand. Yes, of course, it is a marketing yeah. function. But the risk, like they they are trying to establish some reputation for a brand. So mm-hmm. it's like telling that I don't know. Uh, financial- Which is why I think the argument here is is absolutely moot because it's it's uh, discussing it's really discussing whether a reputational risk manager should uh, be allowed to bear the the noble title of a risk manager. Uh, I think I think that's we we may call them when when we talked in, in our episode let's, let's, about let's ego. Move. Oh yeah, and 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 job titles, you know, they 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 may call themselves the uh, the grandmaster of company's reputation, and in, the, the, in that way they they're not using the elevated title. Of risk but uh, I would like to, to 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 move away from 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 let's say a single point of view. Uh, I wanted to ask you because you said that risk uh, related to reputation cannot be modeled. What does it mean? It cannot be modeled. Because to my understanding, as a lot of computer power and a lot of smart mathematicians mm. spending their time trying to calculate risks related to financial transactions and, and uh, all, all, all this magic which happens behind the doors of, of the mm, global banks, uh, I can imagine immediately at least a couple of scenarios where the reputation risk could be modeled as well. Like if you are going to offend you have a risk of offending, I don't know, people who are uh, very conservative because you would invest into uh, some industry which is not maybe mm, very conservative in its nature. I don't know, sex toys. Uh, the, you can calculate, like, what is your, you can do a research, check what is your current percentage of users who are, you know, strongly inclined to to, to follow some conservative uh, Mm, rules. Uh, what is the you know market that you could reach with your new new line of product? And it's it's modelable. Like it, I I I find it hard to accept that reputational risk is is impossible to model. Like if you can spend, I don't know, petaflops on on calculating financial risk, you can spare you know. Uh, gigaflop on on calculating market data and uh, you know couple of scenarios okay what is the percentage of people who will start thinking ab- uh, about us badly enough to choose the competition it's, uh, it's well w- w- one thing I, j- I just wanted to point out that at, at all, all i said is that some people say that it's not possible to measure uh, reputational risk and uh, i i think it is pos- possible to measure it even though it's it's hard i didn't say it was easy hard uh it's 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 much harder to 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 measure than most most risk because it's it's very soft in its nature uh and it is it is absolutely modelable because you know any any concept that uh, that that has data behind it uh is 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 modelable the question is is more uh, can you answer the question how much reputational risk you currently running and can you do anything about it apart from uh, toning down or completely exiting a certain activity? 
I believe you can if you know what decisions can influence what areas if you if you if you have scenarios uh Okay, I'm 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 now talking as a let's say manager. I've been a director a couple of times in my life, uh, so I'm talking from let's say managerial, not the risk management position. If you if you if you know what I mean. Uh, so if I know that some of my actions and decisions can influence, I have categories of risk. Like let's say in our company, we try to 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 keep up strong brand in terms of, of delivering, let's say, the quality products. Uh, and we know that, you know, we need to check our consultants regularly if they, if they follow some certain uh, procedures and, and, and if their work is, you know, based on, on processes, not the cut feeling. We, we know what can happen if they, I don't know, overextend the certainty. Of, of what they say, trying to be more confident. There are different categories, different ways you can lose your face in a consulting business. Mm, but if I can measure it, I can, I can uh, estimate the impact of, of uh, making the wrong decisions, can't I? Uh, well, I, I think you, what you can measure is... is can, or, or estimate you can estimate the impact on uh, directly on the client, as in you can assume that you lose a contract. Uh, but what is very much harder I, I, to I measure can, is how that I can how I that contract how that bad decision actually impacts your your brand uh, with other. It is it is harder, but there are let's say there is a research on the information spreading. So I can check how many connections uh, on LinkedIn do people that I worked with have. Uh, I can check what is an average. Uh, I know that if, if the client is happy, he will tell on statistically to other people. If he's unhappy, he can tell it to six people. That's the, that's the average. And if you are working with, with customer service, you, you should know that uh, it's imp imp more important to uh, get rid of uh, Truly unhappy people than to keep happy people even happier. It's it's brutal. I'm sorry, but that's that's the numbers. Uh, so I yeah, but you know this simple. is this this is this is the problem with 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 you data man uh, da data scientists that uh, you know you you're having a beer and uh, you know you kind of wonder how many beer how many beers is too many and uh, before you know it you go off and you build a model of spread of alcohol acro uh, across your body. Uh, any uh, kind of business manager uh, will have much bigger problems on their hands than trying to measure the spread of information across their network. So in, in that respect, I, I kind of have to tend to agree that uh, you know, measuring it is, is usually next to impossible in normal, non-academic circumstances without spending you know, way than... than the budget you have available on trying to build a model across LinkedIn data sources. It's, I, it, I, I, I think, think I think you should focus, uh, you know, looking because we want we want practical things, and right? we want our listeners to get some practical advice. I think that by all means, things like reputational risk, environmental, social risk, uh, and even that 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 poor governance, uh, those should be considered. 
But and they should be considered risks by all means. They are transverse risk, and uh, everyone in, uh, in every action that 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 thing should be considered. But I think what's 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 here is that training is a kind of risk mitigation strategy, right? It is it is actually uh, bringing talking about those risks and, and making people aware about those is. It's not just oh, it's common sense. Every, every they should do it anyway. It is something that is actually a very important activity that you should be doing as a manager, as a COO, as a CEO. Bring that to the forefront of the minds of your your employees. And you know, if you consider it slightly slightly differently, de- depending on which risk your you actually bring. To the fore of the discussion in your mm-hmm. company, you sh- you're shaping the way your teams, your people think. If you start, if you start bombarding your people with, uh, you know, every day discussion about uh, uh, social issues and and how how it impacts society, oh, uh, you 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 pick this up as a number one point on on your agenda. And you're really a company that's producing shovels. Uh, it's probably you know get your get your balance right. Whereas you know if 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 you're a, a a a mining company, you should probably talk about environmental issues a lot, and uh, you know not just lip service as in you know yeah we're talking about it so we're the good guys, but actually make people think okay. In your everyday job, how can you make actually our our operation less environment heavy? If I remember correctly, you mentioned that financial institutions tend to perceive work on perception very much. Uh, the question is, isn't it a reputational risk management? But we are aligned with all the regulations. Okay, regulations are outdated. You know, the lawmakers didn't notice the paradigm shift. Uh, I, I'm just wondering, because you want practical, practical conclusions, like how much of the reputational risk is what you said a lip service like taking on your you know what you measure for a you know average financial institution having on the banners being compliant uh, as sufficient protect them from the risk of losing face in in the eyes of their potential clients uh, like you know, the, the people who realize that their actions actually lead to I don't know, uh, something undesirable, like losing oh, uh, savings. Oh, you're box here. Uh, yes, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, I know you're, you're trying to. That's, that's, that's your intention. Um, it's, it's, it's the, well, f- first and foremost, regulations are there to, you know, affect a certain, certain change. Uh, Lead to a, to a certain uh, kind of uh, outcome. 
which uh, you know regulations are made made by people and uh, as, as as with any policy you know you and i know very well uh, from from our experiences that you may you may set up a policy within a company and you think you are aiming at a specific outcome what you get is a completely different outcome uh, because people perceive your, your your policy and and then try to adapt to it, but they you know being human, they they always find uh, uh, a, a slightly different yeah loop loopholes and, and interpretations you know, their, their own interpretation. So I thought that you will you will aim that like you know when, when it comes to regulation and being written by the people. I thought that it's like uh, who, who said that? What is Bismarck? Those who like sausage and respect the law shouldn't never learn how it's being made. Yes, uh, um, that's, that's that's very true. No, but I I I meant you know if 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 you can miss kind of mis target a policy so much, which is within a company, multiply it, square root it, whatever uh, you know, squ square it, not square root, uh, and and uh, and you know, multiply it a thousand times and you get into regulation because here you're not working in a single kind of um, pretty uniform environment of, of a company, uh, but you're, you're working as a policymaker across the whole market. Uh, so it, 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 I, I do respect it. That it must be very tough to, to enact a, poli uh, a, a regulation in such a way that it actually does achieve a specific target. But, uh, you know, you, you ask me whether whether the the mm, uh, financial institutions actually uh, meet regulations because it's good publicity because they they want to say we meet regulations or they actually want to achieve a specific outcome. I I think that uh, uh, it depends on the institution, but uh, I want to broaden it. It's not only for financial institutions. Any any regulated industry, oil, uh, healthcare. Uh, and any any uh, industry where there, there are specific rules to be met, uh, they may do it because they really believe that they should be doing the right thing, and uh, in in that case they will uh, uh, they, they they may do two things. In fact, they may meet the regulations. They may also try to ad ad adapt the regulations to do it better, uh, or they may uh, they may pay lip service to it. Say, okay, yeah, we meet the regulations. This is the letter. Maybe not the spirit, but the letter of the law. The law says that we should have a report on it. We have the report. We do nothing practical about it, but we have a report, so we're good. No, it's uh, uh, now I'm just wondering how much of this effort, let's say, what again? Let's let's make you a, a CEO for a, for a second of a, of a big company, and let's say you really oh, want. Oh, I thought I was getting a promotion. <laughs> <laughs> if it only would be in my you know domain to give it to you uh, anyway uh, you are the CEO okay and you really want to to follow the spirit of the law I know especially for for, for, for uh, our listeners in, in the states uh, you know there are countries where it's not the letter of the law that matters but the spirit of the law and if you go to court uh in, if there is some 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 some, some uh, suspicion that you broke the law, the judge will see if your actions are following the spirit of the law. Not in every country, it's enough to have a good enough lawyer that will show that that you followed the letter. Anyway, uh, educational part over. Uh, 
So you are the CEO of the of the big company, and you really want to make a change. You really believe in ideals uh, of making the world better. Uh, I met such CEOs myself. But what happens? Uh, and this is the risk, uh, which I wonder if it can be quantified. By the way, it's I think it's it's this uh, parallel risk or however you call it. Uh, oh yes, this one. Uh, people below you, the KPIs are based on you know on 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 you know the profit they bring to the company this way or another. Like the the lower you get, there is more and more layers of uh, pressure on efficiency, rather than on like how how would you ensure that your people are allowed to make decisions which are you know, right rather than uh, optimal uh, in terms of, of income? Uh, I think it's a great question and, and a very big problem uh, in, in companies. And again, you could say uh, that it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's really something that's not risk-related because it's, it's just training and good people management, which, which uh, people should, companies should do anyway. Uh, but uh, I think I think it is it is a risk that needs to be considered because uh, it does need to be managed. Uh, as in, you, as a CEO, you need to give a certain tone from the top. Uh, you need to instill uh, as as a CEO, it's your job to instill a certain culture in the company. Uh, so uh, it 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 very much depends on uh, how how you. Uh, Drive this culture, whether you you're you're driving performance or whether you're driving uh, proper outcomes. Uh, there's a lot of uh, talk uh, in in kind of in, var in various firms about not uh, judging a uh, uh, the, the the kind of the, the the working of a process by by you know the intentions by by the outcome, which has its own problems because you're not not always in the in control of the outcome. But, uh, you know, it is, uh, I'm trying to get to, a, to, to some kind of a, po of a point here uh, that, uh, you know, it's, it's a culture and it's a cultural risk within a company, uh, which as a CEO, you should, you should be, you should be managing uh, and, uh, you know, start, start thinking about uh, what message you're sending to your uh your department heads, your your uh, kind of uh, your C-suite uh, members, uh, how they actually should uh, drive the culture of the company. Uh, and I would, the, it I, is, I it is a risk because it has it can have negative outcomes. For example, there there's there's some talk that certain certain big companies which uh, uh, have deliver uh, you know, logistics teams. They are going through so many employees these days. Uh, you know, people are getting get, leaving the company because of excessive pressure, low wages. That they are actually running out of possible workforce to hire anymore, because uh, you know every uh, they've been through so many bodies that there are no not really many bodies left. It's a risk. Uh, it's a risk. No, no. What I'm thinking now, I have a devious thought. What we just said. You are CEO. You are trying to instill certain culture, which let's say is very much in alignment with uh, 
care for environment. Okay. Now, there is a risk that this thought and, and this wheel will be weakened uh, before it gets to the shop floor. Okay. Mm-hmm. Isn't it a governance risk? Does it justify putting G next to E and S? Doesn't uh, have to any sane and working uh, environmental or social risk be considered in the light of governance risk? So factors which may impact the actual implementation of uh, and execution of measures against the risks related to environment and and, and social mm, again you you're, you're going back to the ESG and uh, I think that the, the, the problem with ESG is that it it's, it's really undefined and, and it's, it's so broad uh, and yet uh, when when you when people talk about ESG they almost always limit themselves to, to climate change so uh, so you create no, this gigantic you, bucket, and then you take a little cup, and you just say, "Yes, I am really caring about this bucket because I measured this little." Yeah, yeah, pretty, pretty, pretty much. So uh, it is, uh, you know, it, it's there is a whole a whole bunch of uh, of risks out there that should be recognized. Uh, and just you know, firstly, we should we shouldn't be following fans. We shouldn't be saying, "Oh, we're managing ESG risk because it looks good on our brochure." And uh, uh, but actually, actually, do consider what those ESG mean, and uh, then consider what it what it actually means for 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 your company. If you're a um, software producer your uh, a devel- a software development company, your ESG will mean something completely different than if you're a financial institution, it will mean something completely different if you are a, um, an, an oil uh, company. So uh, it is, it's, it's not a, un- a kind of a very precisely defined uh, area, but I think it still needs to be managed as a risk because it requires a certain way of thinking. And uh, if so you don't to consider... So, so to be practical, let's say that we want to consider it as a risk, the environmental mm-hmm. and, 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 and societal. Uh, what are these elements? Let's, let's, let, let's try to, to, to get to something like, you are the CEO, what are the practical things? I hired my CRO. Mm-hmm. I'm just, yes. uh, for, for, for people who just listen to us, I just... Pretended that I, uh, yeah, you're uh, brushing your heads off the problem because you're handed it to the CRO, right? I, I made it somebody else's problem. That's one yes. of our mottos. Let's. <laughs> no, it's not. Let's... Uh, so uh, yeah, well, th- th- here you made I think the first mistake because uh, hi- hiring a CRO, uh, uh, I think as a CEO, you, you you didn't hand the problem to someone else. You've you've handed uh, uh, someone the 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 kind of the keys to the, the the lab to advise you on this whole area, uh, but uh, you know it's it's not like you've hired a scapegoat. If something 
goes wrong, you you, you just say, oh, here's my CRO. If if something goes wrong with uh, with with risk, you just you lock him up. You don't lock me up. You lock. So and what you, you know, we talked we talked we talked what about responsibility and accountability, right? Unfortunately, <laughs> yes, we have a podcast about it. I need to listen to it. It was a really good one. Uh, Okay, so I am a CIO, CEO. I hired the CRO, I gave him the keys, and what do I do now? What do, what do I expect of him? How do I check if he's uh, not saying, you okay, we your, managed? You, you, actually, you, you should expect the CRO to uh, understand very well the process that your company, the, the environment in which it operates, and then bring to you um, an agenda for managing the risks that apply to your company specifically, the environment in which it operates. And I'm, it, it, it may sound like a truism, but you did, you did ask, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to answer. What you should definitely not do is expect them to bring you good uh, uh, kind of uh, uh, sound bites for your marketing materials, right? Uh, what you should definitely not uh, make them do is uh, bend over backwards for any kind of fads that appear. Oh, you know, did I, I, I just read in an article today that uh, ESG is a really big thing. We should, we should definitely put ESG on the forefront of our risk management agenda. No, sorry, we already do that, in a, but we don't call it ESG. We call it you know, managing our risk now oh, let's let's drop everything and call it our ESG it depends on this on the on the on the CEO right we've seen we've seen uh, both kinds <laughs> unfortunately yeah, but, now, but, but, but that's what I am trying to to do because uh, I'm thinking some of the CEOs who who try to monitor let's say risk environment themselves they might uh, call for this uh, buzzword generating like the risk the risk world what i'm trying to say is uh from my limited experience but feel free to 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 correct me the risk world is prone to generating buzzwords as any other there is a risk of generating a buzzword if it sounds cool uh there will be hype but it's 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 a marketing thing right and uh, i'm not i'm not only talking about company marketing it's also people marketing i'm uh, you you always complain to me that uh, any uh, you know semi-conscious person with a, a five-hour course in Python can call themselves a data scientist. Oh, they don't have to. They, they don't have to be semi-conscious. Yeah. Uh, same way, you know, any any person who who read uh, an article online can call themselves an ESG risk specialist because it's such a vague field. And uh, and start you know uh, making uh, podcasts about uh, risk uh, and uh, <laughs> you know how how they how they become the ESG risk guru. Uh, of course, of course they can. The problem is uh, that uh, you know because it's it if something is very vaguely defined, they will not bring real value to the, the company. They will bring buzzwords. Whereas that uh, the, the the key here is to bring real value to uh, either protect the company from adverse effects, 
or improve the operation of the of, of the company in such a way that it doesn't actually uh, damage the um the the ESG the environment the the society or or you know in this case turning it around they, they improve the governance in such a way that it has a positive impact on the world talking talking about the tra- tra- transverse uh, risks uh, one of the risks that in this discussion i i uh, i seem to sense is that you hired your 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 cro and now uh, i like something that you said multiple times is that the role of the risk is to enable and protect uh, mm-hmm. in this order uh, so i see the risk no i always the, the... say protect and enable do you I, I always see, I, see, I hear it. I hear it in a completely different. Yeah, it it order half, half, halfway from me to you. It actually turns around. But yes, I I always say protect and enable, and I I, I stick very much by 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 this order. All right. Because, uh, okay. So first, so be. It, but there is there is there is an element of enable. Let's let's not get into yes. it. I don't think it's it's worth the time of anybody. Uh, that my hearing is 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 uh, selective. Mm. But uh, there is a risk that this this risk uh, managers will, will will get too protective, so to speak. Uh, mm-hmm. So you said that you are the CEO, you hired the, the CRO, he made his agenda, he comes back to you. What do you expect to see on this agenda to know that he is uh, protecting and enabling? <gasps> I know, uh, because it's prote- ter- to serve and protect, I think. And that's maybe... They're, they're, to serve and, and protect, reference. but that that's U.S. U.S. Uh, police, right? And uh, yes, and uh, but risk, maybe risk is, what, what, this second second yes. this protect uh, second. protect and enable. Uh, the, the, I think the key enabler from risk, uh, because that's another discussion I had recently about uh, online with some people about how how uh, some people think that risk should be should be driving profit. I I sternly oppose. Uh, risk should enable profit. By uh, firstly, it should protect the business uh, by pointing out uh, where risks might lie and asking the right questions. I'm, I'm a big believer, a risk manager, of asking the right. Questions. Uh, I, I told you when uh, you know when we started cooperating that as a risk manager, I will I will ask you questions. I may not know the answers. I I will ask you questions. If you have an answer. Uh, I may not always kind of understand the answer. I may not always agree with the answer, but uh, the first thing I want to hear is that you have an answer. Because that means that you've considered it. That means that that you've actually had a thought process. So uh, that's that's kind of a a, a protecting bit. Uh, Enabling is uh, by uh, actually freeing the resources that would otherwise be uh, blocked by either over-conservative insurance taking and and, uh, reserves that are excessive. Because as a science, risk management does tell you, can tell you how much uh, insurance or or reserve is necessary, but at the same time, it tells you how much is enough. Uh, and and sec- secondly, by by freeing you from the, the the kind of uncertainty, you make a decision, uh, or you co- let's let's take a step back. You're considering a decision. Risk management can tell you uh, what 
risks lie in each of the, the, the kind of pathways you can take. And then it, it unblocks you by giving you the data so you can consciously make the decision, justify it to yourself, to your stakeholders, to the law, uh, if, 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 if it's required. And then it, it does enable you to actually proceed. Uh, you know, analysis paralysis is a real risk and it's a real thing. Yeah, we noticed it uh, in our history where, where, where we provided even, I don't know, predictive models and the decisions were taken against it because that's the decisions that were always taken. So uh, people were, were, were so stuck in, in the way they analyzed data that they didn't consider new, new they, they didn't, check their assumptions. Uh, we had a podcast about it, but no. Uh, so sh what should be on this agenda? So it can, now we understand what it does mean to, to protect and enable, but what should we expect to see on the agenda? agenda? Uh, well, <laughs> I, I, I see will, that. I, I will go. Of... I, yeah, we, we moved a little, but I think it's a, also a, a traversal risk. We've moved it's, away it's from transverse risks and into, into general risk management. I'm, I'm, I'm very happy to, to kind of provide a, a, a pretty kind of short, but, but, but uh, I think general answer. Uh, that the, the first step, as, as ISO and any school of risk management would, will tell you, is identification of risk, so specific. Uh, you know, to your business, to your organization. But, but your, your your CRO should should bring it to you after first I don't know month of record of recognition. Yeah, probably sooner. <laughs> you know, you should and and that's and it's not something that they should bring to. You. It's something that they should create and evolve over time because it's not a static thing. Uh, and this is this is this is very important. So it should it should evolve with the company. It should always be questioned and reviewed. Um, as, as any policy, and this is, you know, as, as well as I, that with, with, with many uh, of these, these artifacts, uh, people think, oh, we've created a policy, we've created a document, it's now done, let's move on with our life. And, and we, we, we try to explain to people that, uh, you know, risk uh, inventories, uh, policies, governance, these are not destinations, they are journeys. And uh, to use kind of an old adage, and they they need to be kept alive. If you don't feed them, you know, pet them once in a while, they will die. So uh, it, it it does need to a, cer a certain maintenance from time to time. And, so uh, let's say they have this risk taxonomy, or or, or however you want to yeah. call it. What else is on the agenda? Uh, after after risk taxonomy is the analysis of of. Of, of, of the risk, uh, you know what, where it actually occurs, how uh, how it evolves, how it uh, how it manifests itself, what the outcomes outcomes are, and then uh, you know there there follows the whole risk life cycle of uh, you know risk uh, risk evaluation, risk mitigation, and uh, so now you know, now coming. Now, now coming back to to, I wanted to touch on the on the general risk uh, management. Uh, would, in any way, traverse risk management differ? Uh, no, I don't think so, because uh, you've got you you need to identify it. You need to uh, kind of analyze it, evaluate it, and uh, the, the the question is how do you mitigate, right? And uh, I think 
you know, and uh, you know, ISO uh, risk management uh, definitions agree with me that uh, exiting the, 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 that particular activity or, or uh, scaling it down is a viable strategy of risk management. Uh, then, then yes, you need to manage it. You don't necessarily need to buy insurance against it if there if there isn't a market for reputational insurance. Uh, you don't necessarily need to kind of calculate VAR because VAR is not a you know sine qua non uh, requirement for 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 any risk. It is it is a certain particular uh, specificity of the risk that you have to manage it by considering really what what reputational risks your business brings different activities inside it and then managing it accordingly so the lesson that i would take is when you have your 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 cro make sure that he's updating the risk uh which reminds me the discussion that we had on 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 um, paradigm shifts on paradigm shifts yes that that they they are really Keen on on checking if their assumptions are still 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 holding against the reality. Yes, and and transverse risks are are real risks, even though the you know you should you should really watch out for fads like uh, calling something, but you you shouldn't stick to labels. Uh, you know, calling something ESG might be a a, a label which is missing. Look, look behind the label and look at, at the actual risk that's affecting you. Thank you, Artur, uh, yeah, for uh, sharing your experience. Yeah, well, let's, let's hope it was actually f- of use to anyone. Thank you for listening. For those of you who would like to learn more about environmental, social and governance issues, we sincerely recommend the Sustainable Minds podcast exploring ESG and corporate brand. In each episode, they discuss how corporate purpose, vision and values guide your behaviors, actions and mindset, and how they drive ESG strategies and directions. You can find them on bcast.fm and other podcast platforms, and you will be able to find a link to them in the description of this episode. Don't miss the next episode, where we'll be talking to Dr. Nick Swain, the president of the North Idaho College, about his experiences with data and risk in the context of managing a higher education institution. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform or visit idea.show to find out more about the future episodes and guests. You can also check out cognition.llc for more information on Cognition Shared Solutions, our services and other events hosted by us. For now, it's thank you from myself, Artur Guja, and my co-host, your friendly neighborhood data guy, Dr. Maren Shiva. Goodbye.